Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to the show. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And I am your host, Richard Holdridge. It is Wednesday. I just want to remind all my listeners that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. This is one of those shows where I do not have a guess. The funniest thing happened this week. I was getting ready to do my shows. I had my guests ready to go and all three guests canceled on me. Well, postponed, but I have the guest list for next week. So I, I guess I'm doing double shows next week. So I don't have a guest and I'm trying to get a show together because I want to stay committed to doing five days a week. I love doing the show. I love talking sports, but sometimes you have to pivot when your guests cancel on you and it's no fault of theirs. I mean, they have busy lives just like I do. And I'll try to work around their schedule. It's really hard, I know, for somebody to take the time out of their busy schedule and to be a guest on this show. I really am grateful that I've had over 40 guests, and they've all been great. And I want to give people an opportunity to talk about sports. That's why I love doing this podcast. This is episode 451. Wow. 451 episodes. You know, I started doing this podcast January of 2020. Now, back then, I didn't really know a whole lot about the podcast industry. I had a buddy that I went to college with who showed me how to do a podcast, and then the rest was history. But I really didn't start grinding until I was a guest on 95.7 ESPN Radio in Columbus. They were looking for their next host. And I wanted to do it so bad. I felt like I was a natural when I was talking on the radio. Just talking about sports. Taking phone calls. Hot sports takes. Talking about the latest sports news. And I said to myself, this is what I want to do every day. So that is why I started my podcast. Now why do I call it The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge? Well, it's got a nice catchy ring to it, doesn't it? The Sports Beat comes from somebody who's a beat writer. I wanted to get on the air and just break down the sports scores. And of course, during football season, my show really gets popular. As I've pivoted with this show where I've dedicated Fridays to high school football. As much as I want to talk about high school football on this show and to keep it local to Columbus, Georgia... And talk about the teams that I work for, to include the Columbus Rapids and the Columbus Lions. I also 
love college football. And there are a million podcasts out there that talk about college football. But I still want to talk college football on this podcast. And I know that I have guests out there that want to talk college football as well. I'm also a fan of the NFL. I would love to get on here and talk as much NFL as possible. Football is just a much popular sport in the South, and it just means more. So back to my journey as a podcaster. You know, I've told this story a million times. I've been guests on other people's podcasts. But about 20 years ago when I was in college, this was the path that I wanted to take. I wanted to be a broadcaster more than anything. Unfortunately, this industry is not kind. It's not kind at all. In fact, it's cruel. And I graduated college with a degree in broadcasting, thinking that I'm going to go out into the broadcasting world and conquer it. My first job was at a local radio station in Selmer, Tennessee, WSIB. In fact, I was the voice of McNary Central Football, called one game. And then the station manager said, we're going to have to let you go. We just can't afford you. And then the station ran out of money and it eventually shut down. Next, I applied to be a radio personality at 96.5 ESPN Radio in Lexington, Tennessee. Thought I was a shoe-in. I knew the station manager from our ties with the university that I graduated from, Freed Hardman University out of Henderson, Tennessee. I thought that I was clearly a shoe-in for the job. Didn't even get a callback. Next up, I applied for several radio stations in Jackson, Tennessee. Get this, the program manager at these radio stations I used to call high school football games with on 91.5 WFHC. Oh boy, like I said, this industry has not been kind. Call it what you want, maybe a letdown, maybe being discouraged, but I decided to leave the industry. It just wasn't worth it, and I think the industry left me. But an opportunity came to me a couple of years ago with this radio contest at 95.7, which catapulted me to start my podcast, which also led to being the public address announcer for Russell County Football, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids, the new indoor soccer team in Columbus, and the play-by-play announcer now for the high school game of the week on the CW Jabama. And I also was on the broadcast team for the Columbus Lions. A pretty impressive resume. So it's been a great year. And as much as I would love to slow down, and maybe stop doing this podcast because I put a lot of effort and energy into this show. I love doing it because I love the grind. Maybe I have a little chip on my shoulder when I go through every episode. I try to give it my best, but I wanted to make sure that I gave you the best content possible as a sports fan. So yeah, I admit sometimes I could be a little salty, especially how I was treated in the industry all those years ago. But in fairness, I really wasn't all that great 20 years ago. I had to learn from my mistakes, pick myself up, and continue to grind. It could be more than just 
having all this knowledge of random sports statistics. But I also think that I have some knowledge about pop culture and being in tune with the youth of today. But we do have a show where I'm going to get on here and I'm going to talk about sports because, you know, the Braves lost to the Rockies 3-2. to two. The Dodgers beat the Mets. We've got college football this weekend. Oh, I am so excited. Don't forget my high school preview show is going to be this Friday. I preview week three, which includes the high school game of the week, which is Troop County and Callaway at Callaway Stadium. My word, that is going to be such a great game. So as I, all right, I am going to predict the win-loss record of all the top 10 teams in college football, starting with the Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, they released their depth chart and no surprise that Bryce Young is the starting quarterback and Will Anderson is the best defensive player. Alabama does have a lot of changes, including Jameer Gibbs coming over from Georgia Tech and Jermaine Burton coming over from the University of Georgia. But looking at the schedule, and they play Utah State in Tuscaloosa week one. Now, don't get it twisted. Utah State, they went 11-3 and last year. A lot of people don't realize that. And they did beat Oregon State in the L.A. Bowl. Now, Utah State can play. But I think Alabama wins, and they win convincingly. I'm going to predict the score and say, I think Utah State jumps out the gate right away and scores an early touchdown to make it 7-0. But Alabama comes back and puts away the game. It's not going to be the blowout that you think. I think Alabama wins this game 38-14. to Shocking, I know. No, it's, it's not it going to be... A blowout like you think. Alabama has got to work out the kinks. You still have a new offense. You got a new running back. And and Utah State can play. Week 2 against Texas. This game actually could be a blowout. I know it's on the road. Alabama playing a Power 5 conference on the road. It's a noon kickoff. It's a very tricky game. But Alabama has penciled this game on the schedule. Steve Sarkeesian facing his former team. And what does Nick Saban do against his assistants with the exception of last year he owns them i think alabama wins this one 35 to 10 their defense comes to play will anderson and dallas turner gets a couple of sacks all right september 17th louisiana monroe back in tuscaloosa now this is where they bring out the 50 point game and bryce young has like eight touchdowns I'm going to say they just flat out win this game 55-0. Then they take on Vanderbilt, week four. This game will also be in the 50s. I'm thinking they're going to win this one 58-3. I think Vanderbilt gets a field goal because Mike Wright does some amazing thing that gets Vanderbilt into field goal range, and they actually do put some points on the board. Alabama 4-0 going into week five at Fayetteville, Arkansas. This game is going to be a lot closer than people think. K.J. Jefferson can play. And Arkansas is ranked 19th. Head coach Sam Pittman has got them believing that they could compete for an SEC West championship. But too much Bama. I think this is going to be one of those games where Nick Saban circles and they win this game 37-21. to A little bit closer 
but Bama does put up 37 points. Arkansas does have a decent defense. They might stop Bama and, and make some mistakes. October 8th, the showdown everybody's been waiting for. Alabama versus Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban. Folks, this game could get ugly by halftime. This is the game that Nick Saban has waited for ever since that press conference at SEC Media Days. Alabama took it personal, and they are going to mop the floor with the Texas A&M Aggies, who haven't really figured out their quarterback situation yet. They had this great recruiting class, but I don't look at Texas A&M and think that they're a threat to Alabama and the SEC West. This could get ugly. It's going to be 48-17. to 17. All right, week seven, Alabama taking on Tennessee in Knoxville. Josh Heupel's hurry-up offense with Hendon Hooker. If there was any time that Alabama would lose this season, this is the game where they could slip up. But I don't see it happening. I think it's going to be a lot closer, but Tennessee is going to make some dynamic plays to match Bryce Young and that Alabama offense score for score. I think Alabama pulls away in the fourth quarter. And and the starters are going to be playing in the fourth quarter, by the way. And I think Alabama is going to win this game 38-34. Tennessee is going to show that you can move the ball on Alabama's defense if you have a decent enough quarterback. Week 8, they take on Mississippi State. And Will Rogers is going to throw a lot of picks in this game. That Mike Leach passing attack is going to be waiting for Bama's secondary. And expect Jordan Battle to get a pick six. Expect Kool-Aid McKinstry to get an interception. And this is another game that's going to be ugly. I think Alabama wins this one 38 to nothing. I think that defense just commits way too many turnovers. Mississippi State's going to get a lot of passing yards. Mississippi State's going to get a lot of passing yards. They're even going to go into Alabama territory, but they're not kicking field goals. They're going to try to go for it. They're going to be like 0 for 4 on fourth downs. But Alabama's just going to win this one 38 to nothing. The second game on Alabama's schedule that could be the toughest game because I almost guarantee you this game is going to be played at nighttime. It's going to be the CBS primetime game. Alabama taking on LSU in Death Valley at nighttime. But Alabama has won here before. And even when LSU had some great teams. This is a rebuilding year for LSU under first-year head coach Brian Kelly. But Alabama is going to get the victory here, 27-24. It's going to be another close contest. So up to this point, Alabama is going to have two really close contests where these teams are going to have confidence because they're playing with Alabama. It's going to be a game that's won in the last seconds. All right, then they'll take on Ole Miss. And it's in Oxford, and it is Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin really wants to win this game, but Ole Miss does not have Matt Corral. I know Ole Miss put up a lot of points and a lot of yardage on Obama last year. This is just not the same Ole Miss team. And I think Alabama wins and wins comfortably 44-28. to 28. All right, Alabama's going to beat Austin P. I I mean, that is going to be one of those tune-up games for the Iron Bowl, and I think they win 58 to nothing. I mean, they just, they put, they're just head and shoulders above everybody else. 
the Iron Bowl. And I'm not even sure if TJ Finley is going to start this game. Brian Harson could be completely on the hot seat, and I'll get to Auburn later. But it is in Tuscaloosa, and I think Alabama wins this one 55-17. All right, that was Bama. Now let's go to Ohio State. The biggest test for Ohio State, it's not Notre Dame. It's Michigan State. Week six, they have to go to East Lansing to take on the Michigan State Spartans. That's going to be a tough game. But you're looking at week one, they should beat Notre Dame. Week two, they should beat Arkansas. They should beat Toledo. They should beat Wisconsin. That game's at home. Ohio State should beat Rutgers. I'm going to say they lose to Michigan State. I'm calling the first upset. Michigan State takes down Ohio State. That doesn't necessarily mean Ohio State's out of the college football playoff. Ohio State can still get in with one loss. Ohio State will beat Iowa. They'll beat Penn State. They'll beat Northwestern. They beat Indiana. They beat Maryland. And then the big showdown between the Michigan Wolverines, who knocked off Ohio State last year in Ann Arbor. But now Ohio State gets revenge at the horseshoe. And I think Ohio State wins this one. They win the Big 12. They win the Big 10. And they make it to the college football playoff with one loss. Now let's talk about Georgia. The defending national champions. They got Stetson Bennett back at quarterback. They have the best tight end in college football in Brock Bowers. Kenny McIntosh is now the running back. Their wide receivers, not too shabby. Adonai Jordan with the 40-yard touchdown in the national championship. And Ladd McConkey. Dominique Blaylock is back from his injury. Kiaris Jackson is going to show some big-time play-making capabilities. And let's take a look at what Georgia can do. I think they beat Oregon, but I think Oregon's going to put up some points. I think that Oregon's going to try to make a statement. This is not the same Oregon team that was running the hurry-up offense with Chip Kelly. This is a much different team under Dan Lanning. But Georgia's not going to blow teams out. Georgia's not going to blow teams out. I think they beat Oregon 27-21. to Then week two, that's going to be a very huge game for the Georgia Bulldogs. Their first home opener against Samford. And it's the first time that the student section and the fans and the alumni get to celebrate a national championship between the hedges. And I think Georgia wins that one 44-10. to all right, week three, some people say that this could be the game where Georgia's on upset alert. I'm not sure. I don't think South Carolina's ready yet. They do have Spencer Rattler. This is a 12 kickoff. This is a noon kickoff at Williams-Brice Stadium. And I think Georgia gets the win here. They get the, the, they get the win against Kent State. Another easy road victory over the Missouri Tigers. I got them at 5-0. and oh. Then they take on Auburn. You know, at this point, Auburn could be 5-0. You could have two 5-0 teams. This could be a nighttime game in Athens. You could say that this is Georgia's first test. Not sure if T.J. Finley is going to be able to move the ball, but this is a Georgia defense that's lost a lot of players to the NFL. This could be a defense that you can move the football on. This game could be closer than expected. And I think it will be. I think that Georgia does win the game 27-17. to 17. Now moving on to Vanderbilt and the legend of Mike Wright. You know, I've been really high on Mike Wright after he put up 63 points against Hawaii. 
but too much Georgia here. Georgia's going to be 7-0 going into the Florida game. And this will be the first time that Georgia's going to face Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson, who's projected to be a first-round quarterback in the 2023 NFL Draft. Made a lot of mistakes in the Georgia-Florida game last season. But if Florida's going to be on the up-and-coming, this could be a game where the Florida Gators make a statement. I'm not calling for the upset just yet, but I think that Georgia gets a hard-fought, close victory, 17-14 on a last-second field goal, and they survive just in time to be on upset alert again November 5th in Athens when the Tennessee Volunteers comes between the hedges. And I think that Tennessee is going to move the football on Georgia's defense. But Hendon Hooker is going to make some mistakes. Georgia's defense is going to make big plays. And Georgia is going to control this game. But Tennessee is going to put up points. I want to say this is going to be a 41-28 type game for the University of Georgia. And then I guess you could say this is Georgia's biggest road test. Having to take on Mississippi State in Starkville with that high passing offense with Mike Leach and Will Rogers. Those are bad ingredients for Mississippi State. And I think that Georgia wins this one. Remember the last time they played Mississippi State, that was when JT Daniels bailed them out. I think Georgia gets the road victory in Starkville, but it's not going to be easy again. There's a three-week stretch where Georgia fans could be watching these games biting their nails on the edge of their seats. This is going to be another one of those games. Trying to guess a score. Thinking maybe 29 to 26. Maybe a field goal game toward the end. Week 11, they take on Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats. This has always been a tricky game, but Georgia seems to dominate Kentucky and Lexington. And despite where these two teams are ranked, Georgia could already have wrapped up the SEC East. But I think Georgia wins this game, and they win it comfortably. And then Thanksgiving weekend, clean old-fashioned hate, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech might not even win three games this year. Jeff Collins is going to be out of a job, and Georgia is just going to roll over Georgia Tech. To go undefeated, just like Alabama, there's a possible chance because Ohio State has one loss, that Alabama and Georgia could be number one and number two. And then the winner of that game will get the number one seed. The loser of that game could fall to the three seed, the four seed, but we will find out. I love doing this. Now let's go on to Clemson. Clemson's got some defensive stars. I took a sneak peek of the 2023 NFL Bach draft, and Dabo Sweeney has got a very good team and I know they struggled last year with DJ Uyangalele, but they still won 10 games last year. Looking at the schedule, they're going to beat Georgia Tech. They're going to beat Furman. They're going to beat Louisiana Tech. That game against Wake Forest, if Sam Hartman was playing, I actually would give the edge to Wake Forest. I think they're going to beat Wake Forest. Then they're going to beat North Carolina State. That game is at home. They're going to beat Boston College. They're going to beat Florida State, although that game might be a little bit closer. They're going to beat Syracuse. And this is where I got them losing to Notre Dame. So Clemson has one loss. Clemson's going to beat Louisville. Clemson's going to beat Miami, although that game is going to be a great game. I think that Mario Cristobal is the answer at Miami, and he is going to 
bring that culture back to the University of Miami. The U will be back, and that's going to be one of those games where don't be surprised if they both meet in a couple of weeks after that game in the ACC championship because Miami is one of those teams that's favored to win the Coastal. And then Clemson plays their arch rival, South Carolina. So I got Clemson with one loss. So it is possible if they win the ACC that they will get into the college football playoff along with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. And then Clemson is that fourth team. But can these other teams in the top 10 sneak into the college football playoff? A lot has to happen. So looking at Notre Dame's schedule, Notre Dame is ranked five. They're going to lose to Ohio State. I got them beating Marshall. I got them beating Cal. I got them beating North Carolina. I got them beating BYU. I got them beating Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, beating Clemson, beating Navy, beating Boston College, and losing to USC. So now Notre Dame with two losses, they are not going to make it to the college football playoff. It would help them if they were in a conference, but they're not. Texas A&M, right now they are ranked number six. I got them beating Sam Houston State. I got them beating App State. I got them beating Miami. And I got them beating Arkansas. So they're 4-0, beating Mississippi State. 5-0 going into the Alabama game where I got them losing. I got them beating South Carolina. I got them beating Ole Miss. I got them beating Florida, Auburn, UMass. And I got them beating LSU. So that's important. A one-loss Texas A&M team does not get invited to the SEC championship. And they sit there with one loss thinking, well, why can't we get into the college football playoff? But that is not going to be the case. With Notre Dame with two losses, Texas A&M might be that team on the outskirts. And I don't think that the SEC is going to get three teams in the college football playoff. They could if Clemson were to lose in the ACC championship to Miami. Texas A&M would move right up and then have to face Bama again in the college football playoff and Georgia would play Ohio State. All right, Utah. This is going to be the first team in the top 10 where I'm calling upset alert. I feel this is my upset that Utah is going to lose to Florida. The game's in the swamp. Florida is in the SEC. It's one of those games where Billy Napier can make a statement. So Utah is going to be 0-1-1. They're going to be the first top 10 team to lose this week. They beat Southern Utah. They beat San Diego State. They beat Arizona State, Oregon State, UCLA. They beat USC. Now that is very interesting. A lot of people think that USC could be a dark horse for the college football playoff. So USC might have multiple losses, but I have them beating Notre Dame. I got Utah beating Washington State, Arizona, Stanford. I got Utah losing to Oregon because that game is in Autzen. And I got Utah beating Colorado. So Utah has got two losses, but one loss in the Pac-12. So Utah is going to win the Pac-12, and uh, they'll go back to the Rose Bowl. I mean, not too shabby, but they do have a chance at making the college football playoff, but I have them losing to Florida. All right, Michigan. Michigan is ranked number eight. First four games at home, I got them beating Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut, and Maryland. I got them beating Iowa, Indiana. I got them beating Penn State. I got them beating Michigan State. That one's in Ann Arbor. I got them beating Michigan State. So that one is in Ann Arbor. I got them beating Rutgers, 
Nebraska, and Illinois. Wow, Michigan could be undefeated going into that Ohio State game. Remember, Ohio State had one loss. Michigan knows if they beat Ohio State here, they could be in the college football playoff, despite what happens in the Big Ten Championship. But the winner of this game is going to play the Big Ten Championship. So Michigan is going to go undefeated going into that Ohio State game. And of course, this is all speculation. I'm just having fun. Upsets could happen. I think that Nebraska could beat Michigan. Oklahoma, led by new head coach Brent Venables. This is going to be the biggest mystery because I really don't know which Oklahoma Sooners team we are going to get. I mean, what if Texas is good this year? Oklahoma could lose to Texas. All right, let's look at the schedule. UTEP, Kent State, at Nebraska. Ooh, that could be the first possible upset for Oklahoma. I, but I think they win. Uh, Kansas State, TCU, and then Texas. Man, that, last year, Texas had that game won. They really did. I think Texas wins this game. So I got Oklahoma with one loss so far. Kansas, Iowa State, I got them losing to Iowa State, but I got them beating Baylor. So Oklahoma now has two losses. At West Virginia, who that's going to be a good game. JT Daniels taking on the Oklahoma Sooners. I got them beating Oklahoma State in Bedlam. And then I got them beating Texas Tech. But Oklahoma is going to have two losses. Going to compete and win the Big 12 and, and get a New Year's Bowl. You got Baylor. This is my final team that I'm going to predict. You got the Baylor Bears. Dave Aranda really has done a great job. They're going to beat Albany. Now, week two, this is where I got Baylor on upset alert. They got to take on BYU. That is a tough place to play. And I'm calling the upset here. I think that BYU defeats Baylor. Baylor beats Texas State, Iowa State. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat West Virginia. They beat Kansas. They beat Texas Tech. They lose to Oklahoma. They beat Kansas State. They beat TCU, but they lose to Texas. So Baylor is going to end the season with three losses. Boy, that was fun. I really cannot wait for college football. This is just my favorite time of the year. We already had week zero. Get ready for an exciting week one. I am really excited about it. I don't know if there's a team that's going to be an up-and-coming team that just surprises everybody. Like a team that was unranked that's going to just come out of nowhere. I don't see that happening at all. But that is all the time I have on the show. Thank you, everybody, who has downloaded this podcast. Like and subscribe to my Facebook channel, Twitter. And I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. I'm out of here. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdridge. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.